The thing that I know, am I loud? The thing that I know that we're going to do tonight is I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. You know, I'm not one to be, you know, last, last week we did a lot of storytelling and that's what the Holy Spirit was doing. But what I feel in my heart for tonight is I keep hearing in my spirit, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think that's what we need. We need practical application on how to pray for our children. So I'm just going to ask you to bear with me. I, I just feel like times and seasons that we live in today, things are going a lot quicker and things are being speeded up. And I personally don't have a lot of time to waste. So I'm going to shoot scriptures out as the Holy Spirit leads me. And just know that the word of God does not return void. It goes into your heart, and it imparts faith to you. Not only that, there's something of the measure of the anointing that I carry that will come up out of me and go into you. A lot of what I received, I received from my spiritual father, Kenneth E. Hagan, Sr., and I know I carry a portion of what he carried. And so it is today. We're imparting onto you something of the measure that I carry. You can't see it you know, in the physical, but it's happening in your spirit. So when you leave this meeting tonight, you're not going to be the same. There's going to be something that has been imparted unto you. Are you with me? Now, before we get into our teaching, we're going to talk about what a praying parent can do. Amen. I thought I'd give you a little smile because <laughs> we're so serious. But what a praying parent can do. But before I get into the teaching, I was thinking about the two books that really helped me as a parent. And I looked them up, and it, the one was How to Really Love Your Children by Dr. Ross Campbell. Outstanding book. And it was a staple in my parenting skills just in the natural. I learned a lot from reading his book. Then I also found out he has another one called How to Really Love Your Teen. And there's a way to parent whereby you um, cause your child to stay open, their heart's open to you, and it, it causes them to stay open so they don't shut down and shut you out. My kids never shut me out. I mean, one of my kids, there was a little season of this little riff, but eventually she always opened back up. And I think that there's an art to doing that. And as parents, we need to learn how to do that, Amen. Then this other one, um, The Five Love Languages of Children, outstanding book. If you know the love language of your child, it really helps them to feel loved by you as a parent. For example, my daughter Danielle is here tonight. Danielle, you want to stand up and say hello? <laughs> this was the little baby that was crawling up my ribs and didn't want to come out. How many of you remember that last week? Now look at her. But, you know, like, for example, Danielle, I would buy her gifts, and she didn't care. And I was like, boy, I'm showing her I love her, and I bought her this little thing. She didn't really care. But when I spent quality time with her, then she felt loved. So all of our children have a love language, and I just highly recommend these books to those of you that are raising children. So let's get into the message. So Heavenly Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you to bring up out of me exactly what is needed for these your people 
so that they can be efficient in praying for their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, or whoever the children are in their sphere of influence. So I thank you today, person of the Holy Spirit, that you will help me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, our opening text is, comes from Psalms 127, verse 3 and 4. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Just give me about one minute to um, highlight what we talked about last week. We said that the children that are in the earth today are a marked Joshua generation. They are a chosen generation. They are a generation that's living in the earth. That is, uh, they are witnesses to perilous times. They're witnesses to the 9-11 and Twin Towers coming down. There are witnesses to terrorism. There are witnesses to a pandemic. There are witnesses to school shootings. And we could go on and on and on and on. But one of the things the Lord said to me way back in the day, right after the Twin Towers came down, he said, Margie, those who I call I equip and I have put something on the inside of these children these young people that has not been put on the inside of you so just know that that God has his hand upon this generation and so we have prepared as parents our way for them by getting them tutored by taking them to dance by bringing them to all their sports event, but we want to take it one step further. We want to prepare them, not just in the natural, but we want to do our part in the spirit. And the greatest thing, one of the greatest things we can do for them is to pray for them. Now, I love what Joyce Myers always says. She says, prayer opens up the door for God to work. And James 5.16 says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, let's put in their parent, because this is you, or grandparent, makes tremendous power available, dynamic, in its, uh, in its working. And I'm going to repeat what I said last week, for those of you that weren't here, the circle maker by Mark Patterson, he said in his book, Every prayer is like a seed that gets planted in the ground. And seeds are living, they are alive. And every time you pray for your child or whoever we're talking about and referring to here on these, this, these two tables, the prayer that you prayed is alive. And it will not die unless you negate your prayers through unbelief and speaking the wrong thing over that child's. He goes on to say, you will never be a perfect parent, but you can be a praying parent. Prayer is your highest privilege as a parent. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets who shape the destinies of their children, grandchildren, and every generation that follows. Your prayers for your children are the greatest legacy you can leave. I've said this in my book, Mark for Intercession. I dedicated it to my three children. And I, one of the things I said in there is, long after I have left this earth, my prayers for you will continue to avail. 
Listen, my friends, there is no time and no distance in the spirit. Even when your spirit leaves your body and you go up to be with Jesus, your prayers are going to continue to be a seed that's planted in the ground, and your prayers are going to continue to avail on their behalf. So I want to talk about the different kinds of prayer briefly because there are different kinds of prayer. And we're going to highlight tonight the prayer of intercession, but it would take me about 25 hours of teaching to get into all the aspects of the prayer of intercession. And the challenge for me tonight has been, what do I say, what do I leave out, and what do I teach? Are you listening? So I'm going to highlight the prayer of intercession. But before we do, just know that Ephesians 6.18 says that we are to pray always with all kinds of prayer. So there's all different kinds of prayer. And there's different rules that govern the different kinds of prayer. Now, the prayer of intercession is not praying for yourself. The prayer of intercession is where you stand in the gap, you put up the hedge, according to Ezekiel 22:30, and you pray on the behalf of another person. You lay, as Job says, one hand on God and one hand on that person, and you are as a mediator, a go-between. You are the connection between God and that child you are praying for. That's why it's very important that you understand with the prayer of intercession that you can't let go. Are you listening? It's interesting because the book of Job says that he will even deliver the one for whom you intercede who is not innocent. Yes, Amplified says he will be delivered because of the pureness of your hands. So as a parent who is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, as a parent who knows who you are in Christ, you can go boldly to the throne of grace and you can obtain mercy and grace on the behalf of your children in their time of need. And some of them may not be saved. Some of them may not be born again. It doesn't matter. They will be delivered because of the pureness of your hands. Are you listening? There's even a scripture in Jude that says, and of some have compassion, save with fear. The scripture says, pulling them up out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. When you begin to stand in the gap and appropriate the prayer of intercession on the behalf of your children, you are going in, you're laying one hand on them, one hand on God, and in the realm of the spirit, you are pulling them out of that darkness and you're drawing them into the kingdom of light. I remember before I got born again, and some of you have heard my story, that um, you talk about the power of a praying parent. My mother uh, was a charismatic Catholic woman. And she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was kind of doing my own thing at the time. And her and these two pastor friends began to pray for me. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know they were praying for me. I'm just minding my own business. I'm going to parties. I'm hanging out and doing my thing. You know how sometimes it can be with our kids. You know, they just want to do their own thing. 
And, you know, if we're not careful, after a while, they just shut us out, shut us down. They don't want to hear. But thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He can get to any one of us if we will just not quit and keep on praying. And so they were praying for me and praying for me, and I didn't know it. And um, during that time, that whole year, it was like, I have to tell you, it was like there was an unseen person hovering around me. And I know now what it is. It was the, he was the person of the Holy Spirit. And his ministry to the lost is to convict and convince the world of their need for Jesus. And so during that whole year, I'd be in my car, and I'd be driving, I'd be doing my thing. But I had this little awareness that there was somebody watching over me, somebody drawing me to God, somebody uh, making me feel really uncomfortable with some of the things that I was doing. Now, my parents didn't tell me they were praying for me. As a matter of fact, here's a wise, here's, here's, here's some wisdom. Don't tell your kids, well, you know, unless they're open to it, that you're praying for them. Are you listening? Because let, it, let, let, let that which you do be done in secret. And just let your prayers work in secret. And they didn't tell me they were praying for me. And one day, I was in my bedroom at 829 North President, Wheaton, Illinois. And I was in my room, and the conviction had become so strong, I actually got my mother's Catholic Bible. I was reading the book of Psalms, reading them out loud, and nobody ever really told me the plan of salvation. And so one night, when the fullness of time came, I don't understand, I don't understand everything about prayer. I just know it works. I don't understand why sometimes things take longer than others. I don't know. Yeah, I just know it works. I don't understand everything about the human heart, but what I know, possibly maybe for me, I was ready that night. Amen. Maybe before I wasn't ready. We lean, listen, not to our own understanding. In all of our ways as parents, we acknowledge him and keep praying, and he will direct our path. So one night, I'm in my bedroom, and I just was, like, becoming desperate. <laughs> That's a good thing. And I said, Lord, what must I do to be saved? Because intuitively, I knew I needed to be saved. Intuitively, all these children have a heart for God. They were born with a heart for God. You understand that? The Bible says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So they have a knowing of God as a baby, as a child. But when sin revives, they become separated from God, and then they go their own way, and then God's got to get them back. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. And so I was in my bedroom, and I said, you know, Lord, what must I do to be saved? I really want to be saved. And the first time I ever heard the audible voice, it was the voice of the Father or the Holy Spirit. You know, they're all three, one. I heard him say right here on the inside, and it was a, a firm voice, only believe. And when I, he said that, listen, just listen, a light went off. Something hit me, a light, 
light arose in my heart. I said, I believe. And it was as if I was translated out of this dark place and the love of God was poured into my heart by the Holy Ghost. And I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things passed away and all things became new. That whole year of praying brought fruit. And that was the salvation of Margie. And look at the, all the work that we've done in, in my short life. You never know who you're praying for. Your child may be another Billy Graham. Your child may be somebody who's going to work in missions and, and help people and help the poor and be like another Mother Teresa. That's why Jesus said men ought to always pray and not faint. If somebody would please tell me why I spent all this time preparing when I kind of highlight my notes and just move on. That would, really be a, that would really be nice, wouldn't it? So when we're talking about the prayer of intercession, we said it's prayer for another. It's as Ezekiel 22:30. It's as a lawyer who pleads the case on the behalf of another. And if you're a lawyer who pleads the case on the behalf of another, what is going to be the law that you're going to use before the great judge of all who would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? You're going to use this book of the law. You're using the word of God. And how many of you know that our father stands behind his word? So you as a praying parent, you are as a lawyer, and you're going to the throne of God. And as a lawyer, you're going to the judgment seat of God, and you're pleading on the behalf of your children. The Greek says to get the ear of a king on the behalf of another. Now, praying the prayer of intercession is the greatest act of love you can do for your children. Yes, we love our children. Yes, we want them to be okay. How many of you parents hurt when they hurt? I mean, it's unbelievable. Someone's, you know, someone said, well, will it ever stop? My kids, when they're long into their, you know, 40s, 50s, however long, I plan on living till I'm 92-ish, 94-ish. But you know what? No matter how old your kids get, and those of you that are grandparents, you know it. You never stop, you know, having, I don't want to say worry, because we're not going to worry. We're not going to pray worry prayers. We're going to pray faith-filled prayers. But you're never going to stop hurting when they hurt. Amen? So... The Greek word means to get the ear of a king on the behalf of another. We said it's the greatest act of love, but this kind of praying is their greatest manifestation of agape love. Where did you get that? Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. It's the greatest act of love. So how many of you know that Jesus was the intercessor who came to the earth he bridged the gap between God and sinful man. He said, it's the greatest act of love that I'm doing for you. The greatest act of love we could do for our children is to pray for them. Now, here's the deal. How many of you always feel like praying? No. How many of you ever noticed that once you set your heart to pray, all hell breaks loose? Yeah. Yep. You know, I heard this in my spirit just now. Satan has hindered us. I think it's a scripture, a great door and effectual has been opened to us, but there's a translation says, that says, but Satan has hindered us. I'd have to look that up and find that. You know, the devil's trying to hinder some of us from praying. 
with what? With all the distractions we have going on. But the greatest thing we can do for our children is persevere through the warfare and stand in the gap and pray for them. Okay? Intercession requires perseverance. It's the kind of praying that requires uh, perseverance. You just don't let go. And I'm going to say it, and it's, we can't teach on it, and it's okay, but it's the kind of praying that you can pray the same scripture for them over and over and over and over and over again. We're going to get into these scriptures. But if you're praying for yourself and you have need of, for example, um, a, a job, then you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. You ask him for that job. Ask him to provide a job for you. And after you've asked him one time, listen, Mark 11, 23 and 24, you believe that you receive it and you'll have it. But when it comes to the art of intercession, you can pray the same prayer for them over and over and over and over and over. We're going to teach you, you don't pray the problem over and over and over and over. You take the need that you see before you, you agree with the word of God, and that's what you present before the throne room of God. And you know, the Bible says that his word doesn't return void. That it is like an incorruptible seed, doesn't return void. And God also said, I will hasten my word to perform it. So you don't want to pray over and over and over the problem, the problem. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, he's on drugs. Oh, God, he's on drugs. He's on drugs. He's on drugs. God knows. Take the need, agree with the word of God, and present that before the throne of God. And again, I'm going to say it again. Don't pray worry prayers. How many of you ever prayed worry prayers? And you pray these worry prayers over your kids and your grandkids, and you're just digging yourself in a hole, and I hear, and let not that man think he will receive anything from God. Because we're praying unscripturally. Because if we're praying worry prayers, we're not in faith. <laughs> And we're tossed to and fro and carried about, and we won't receive anything. But when we stand in faith, and we put that shield of faith up, and we believe the scriptures instead of the circumstances, and we pray in faith and pray the word of God, you will see the results of your prayers. And I'm just going to say it, and you know it's true. Sometimes you could pray for something for six days and see results. Sometimes you could pray for something six weeks and see results. Sometimes it may be six months. Sometimes it may be six years. Sometimes it will be 12 years. Sometimes it'll be 15 years. Just keep praying. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be moved by what they say. Don't be moved by how they act. Don't be moved by how they dress. Don't be moved by the disrespect. You be moved, praying parents and grandparents, by one thing, and that is the word of God that lives and, by, and abides forever. It is like a rock that you build your house on, your family on. 
when the winds come, storms come, beat against your family, you're not moved. Why? Because you know what Jesus said about your children. All your children will be taught of the Lord. And great will be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. You will be saved and your household. Train up a child in the way that they should go when they're old. They will not depart from it. Especially if they're church kids. Right? They've been in church, been in children's church, all these church, church, church. Then they reach this age. They don't want to go to church. I used to make my kids go to church, so they left the house. That's me. See? You're under my roof. You're going to church. I don't want to go to church. You're going to church. I don't know about how you feel. Pastor, you seem pretty bossy. I would think. I saw you get bossy last week. It scared me. How many know I'm right? It's love. Love wants to protect. Love wants to train. Love disciplines. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Those who we're bossy with, we love because we know it's best. And so sometimes I think we need to set the standard. You're going to church. You're going to church. One time I took my one daughter, I picked her up, put her in the car, going to church. And, you know, here's the deal. They're church kids, but, you know, that word is in them. You trained them right. You did the right thing. You did the best you could. None of us are perfect parents. None of us. I did some stupid things, said some stupid things, acted in some stupid ways. But the very core value is still there. And, you know, even as parents, they see our hearts. They know we're not perfect. Sometimes they think it's good that they see that we're not perfect. It gives them hope. Amen? Amen. But you, know, you, have a, you have a child that's been raised in church, and he goes or she goes her way. Yep. I know that I know that I know I raised this child in the ways that they should go. And Lord, I thank you that now that they're 18, 19, when they're older now, they will not depart from them. One kind of prayer I like to pray is, Lord, apprehend them. They've got all that training. It's right here on the inside of them. It's never going to go away. Listen, the word of God lives and abides forever. Well, what if you have a child that was never in church? Well, look at, look at Saul on the road to Damascus. You know what I thought about? You know, we never teach this. You know what I was thinking about with that? I was thinking, you know what? The, the early church, they were praying church. Don't you think that maybe they prayed for their enemy? Doesn't the Bible say pray for your enemy? Bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. It doesn't say in the scripture in the book of Acts that the church prayed for Saul. But I can guarantee they did because they had the heart of God. And look what happened. There was an apprehension. They had an encounter with the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. He was on the road to Damascus. What, what, what road was it? Damascus. You know, he's on that road, and he's going to kill more Christians and persecute more Christians. But because of the church praying, he had an apprehension of Jesus Christ and changed his life forever. 
Prayer was made without ceasing of the church for Peter, who was in prison. And what happened? Peter was delivered. But that's the kind of praying I'm talking about. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for Peter. And then what happened? He came out of prison. The door was open. He walked into his destiny. We're talking about praying for the hearts and destiny of our children. It's a kind of praying that you don't stop after one time. There's one of my kids calling me. <laughs> I told her I had a speaking engagement. You know, you know, they still don't listen all the time. Now do they? <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. So where do we begin? Number one, well, we already highlighted some things. Know his general will for your children. What is the general will? 1 Timothy 2.4. Um, God said, I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, maybe it's not God's will that my child be saved. I would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. If you then, being natural parents, want and, 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 and are desperate for your children to be saved, how much more does your heavenly father want them born again and come into the family of God? It's so much more. So his general will is that they be saved. Okay, Acts 16, 31, we already said it. Believe in the Lord and you will be saved and your household. The general will, Romans 1, 16. Is everybody with me? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. That word salvation is S-O-T-E-R-I-A. It's not just the word salvation. It's healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness. So it's God's will that they be healed. It's God's will that they be saved. It's God's will that they be delivered. It's God's will that they grow up into all things in Christ. That's his will. 1 John 2, beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. When you know the promises of God, it will build confidence in your prayers. 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know that 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 we know we have the petitions we desire of him. Remember something. Delay is not denial. <laughs> delay is not denial. God gave a promise to Abraham. He said, you're going to be the father of many nations. Abraham didn't consider the circumstances, didn't consider his own body now dead, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, and it took 25 years for that promise to come to pass. Listen, I was listening to Joyce Myers today, right? Think about it. Joyce Myers, you know her story. You know, think about it. She brought her father into her, it took care of her father and her mother. You know her story, right? So she said on his deathbed, he turned his life over to Jesus Christ. How many years did it take? But even at their last breath, if they accept the Lord, that's all that really matters. Amen? Okay, so how do we pray? Okay, 
1 Corinthians 14, 15. Are you good? Are you guys good with time? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. So we pray with the Spirit, and we pray with our understanding also. We already said it. Take their need to the Word of God, agree with the Word of God, and that's what you present before the throne room of grace. Amen? Amen. Ask the Father in Jesus' name. James 4.2 says, we have not because we ask not. I just don't want to bother God. Stop it. Stop all that. That's actually pride. I don't want to bother God. You know, God knows how many hairs you have on your head. Are you listening? He knows everything. He's just saying, ask. You have not because you ask not. John Wesley once said, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life, that he could do nothing for humanity and unless somebody asks him. Why? Hate to break the news to you, but Satan is the God of this present world. And God is not running everything in this world. But through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when you and I as believers take our place in the kingdom, now we're the ones that are going to rule and reign, and we exercise his authority. Because all authority was given to him in heaven and in hell. And then he said to us, now you go, therefore, and use my authority and use my name. Number two, ask for the heathen. Claim your children's salvation. Claim it. I claim my children's salvation in Jesus' name. Claim it. Number three, here's a good one. I prayed this for my kids. Matthew 9, 38. Ask that the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out a person or persons to influence your children in matters of their walk with God. Listen, but it says you got to ask. Ask. If your kids are at college, pray that God will send godly friendships into their lives. Pray. Here's another one. Pray that anyone, anything not planted by God in their life, any relationship, would be uprooted. It's not praying witchcraft prayers. You're praying the Bible. Amen. That's in the Bible somewhere. I wasn't in my notes. <laughs> Whatever this is all about. But ask that the Lord of the harvest would bring labors. You know, you have not because you ask not. Do it. And what will happen? God will move heaven and earth to get the right person at the right time to that person you're praying for. You know, we talk about alignment and the prophetic move or whatever they call it. But, you know, alignment. You know what? When you begin to pray, and I'm just going to put this in here because we're running out of time. When you begin to pray, especially pray in the spirit for your kids, you're praying into their destiny. And when you begin to pray for them, the crooked ways become straight and the rough places become plain. Things come into alignment. Why? Because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're praying according to the will of God, and it causes things to come into alignment. 
that wouldn't normally come into alignment because there's hindrances that are trying to keep them out of the things of God. It's good preaching. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ask for open doors. 2 Corinthians 2.12 here, um, there's a lot of scriptures, but here's this one I want to highlight. Pray that doors would open, uh, doors of opportunity would open to them. So your child, you know, he's 18 or 19, and now you know how the whole college application process, how many remember that nightmare? A nightmare? Oh, God. And I want to go visit all these colleges. Really? How many? All 10 of them all over the country. You know, pray that the right college, the right door of opportunity would please open up to them. You can pray for that. Have you ever thought of that? Pray that a door of opportunity for the right job would open up for them. Ask for favor. Psalms 512. It is you, Lord, who blesses the righteous man with favor like a shield. I pray this one for my kids all the time. Lord, just give them favor. Give them favor. You could pray favor over your children. Give them favor as they, as they, they, they go into that door of opportunity. May they stand out, Lord. May you anoint them with fresh oil. May your presence of favor be upon their heads. It's okay to pray like that. Pray that the Lord or the Holy Spirit would quicken their minds. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. So, for example, if they're taking a test, pray that the Holy Spirit would quicken their minds. <laughs> and he will. That God would give them creative thinking, the ability to remember things. <laughs> Number seven, ask that the master potter, that he would mold them into what he has designed for them according to the destiny that is in their heart from the moment he formed them in the womb. Because on the inside of every single child, there is a destiny. That's why I'm a big believer in praying in tongues over my kids. Because when I pray in tongues for them, I'm praying into their destiny. I don't know their destiny. I don't know everything that God has for him and has planned for them. But he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit and what, what he has in store for them as, as, as young people. And when you pray into the spirit, in the spirit, you're praying into that destiny. And we're not praying selfish prayers. One of my kids, you know, there was this pressure to be a doctor. And I just kept praying in the spirit. I don't know if this person wanted to be a doctor or not. It's none of my business. They have their own will, amen? We don't know everything about our kids. We think we do, but we don't, right? So I would pray in the Holy Ghost. And one day this particular child said, I don't want to be a doctor. That's all fine. It's fine. Well, what do you want to do? I want to go into public and community service. This person has the heart of Mother Teresa. But God was working in this, this child of mine both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Not my pleasure. That's why when you pray in tongues for your kids, it's an unselfish prayer. No witchcraft involved, no will, no nothing. Pray that what they have on the inside in the spirit would manifest on the outside. 
that they would yield to their own particular bend from the womb. How many of you know that every child has a bend? It's a book I read somewhere. They talk about the bend and understanding the bend. I forget what that's all about, but there is something on the inside of every child that they bend towards. Pray that they would be true to their destiny according to what is written in heaven. <laughs> Luke 11, 2, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And my media guy who said this to me last week, pray that God would give them dreams in the night. Job 33, 14 through 17. For God does speak. He does speak. But we're just, our kids are not always listening. They're on their phones. They're on their computers. But God does speak. And he wants to encounter our children. Now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. You know, they're not, they haven't been taught how to hear the voice of God. I think we need to teach more on that. In a dream, in the vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people and they slumber in their beds, may he speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings, if necessary. (laughs) 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 To turn them from wrongdoing and keep them from pride. That's a really good scripture. Psalm 16, 7, I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. We have a couple more. The greatest revelation of all, and I pray this for my kids over and over and over and over, the Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 prayer. Pray that your, these children would have the greatest revelation of all, that they would have a revelation or a knowledge or an understanding of the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of the love of God. And they get a revelation of the love of God, it'll drive out fear, drive out eating disorders, drive out insecurities, drive out addictions. A revelation of the love of God will transform the human heart. Pray for spiritual enlightenment. It's another one. What does that mean? Ephesians 1 15 through 20. Pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Your spirit has eyes. Their spirit has eyes. Pray that their eyes would be open and enlightened. It opens, prayer opens up the door for God to work. And when they read their Bibles, instead of it being boring, they'll see the light. Just like the night I was born again, I saw the light. Spiritual enlightenment. Lastly, pray if they need direction, pray for direction for them. Lord, may the steps of a good man be ordered and established by you, not by man. May they not turn from the left or turn to the right. May they look unto you, the author and the finisher of their destiny. These are all some simple things we can pray. Amen? So are you ready to pray for your children? Why don't we stand? Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. If any of you have pictures that you didn't get to bring up, just bring them up now, please, and put them up on the table. Let's try to do it as orderly as possible. You know, I'm seeing this as like a fresh dedication of our children to the Lord. 
that's what I'm hearing and feeling and sensing all over me. It's like we're rededicating our children to the Lord. How many of you remember the dedication or the baptism? This is like a rededication. Not only that, but his parents, Psalms 92.10, he's also anointing you with fresh oil. You're rededicating your, uh, your lives to be more of a prayer warrior on the behalf of your children. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the leaders of this house. There's a lot of them too, right? To start laying hands. And I'm going to do a general prayer. I'm going to pray out of my spirit. I'm going to give you a card. Are we going to give them the card at the end that you can take home? But I'm going to pray out of my heart for each and every one of these individuals. And those of you that are parents, you could stretch your hands toward these pictures. And be in agreement with me. Pray out of your heart. You know, in the book of Acts, they all prayed at once. We can all pray at once. Pray whatever you have in your heart. And here's the beauty of the Lord. You know, he'll give you an unction as to what to pray. Because he knows things about your children that you don't know. But at times when you're praying, you'll have something come up out of your spirit. You'll be like, why am I praying that? Well, because the Holy Spirit is inspiring you to pray in that regard so that it can open up the door for God to work on their behalf and we can see results. So I'm going to pray out of my heart. Stretch your hands toward these. I want you to pray in tongues. If you want to pray in tongues, you can, or pray in English, however you want to pray. So Heavenly Father, what an honor, what an honor to pray on the behalf of all of these young people. Father God, we thank you for the point of contact. We thank you, Father God, that you that have begun a good work in these young people. Father God, you will bring it to completion. Father, no weapon that is formed against them will prosper in the name of Jesus. I surround each and every one of these young people with love. I surround them with faith. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that your spirit is within many of them that are born again. Father, we pray that you would rise up within them, give illumination to their minds, understanding to their spirits. May their hearts be open. Father, we pray for an apprehension on those, Father God, that have not yet come to the knowledge of the truth. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would encounter them, that there would be an apprehension of your presence. In Jesus' name, I take authority over addiction. I take authority over spirits of suicide. I take authority over the works of darkness. And we release them, Father God, in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of these young people. Father, may you go before them and may you prepare the way. Make the crooked ways straight and the rough places plain. Cause the right doors to open up to them at the right time. Father, you that have begun a good work in them, bring it to completion. Bring it to completion. Bring it to completion. Bring it to completion. Thank you, Lord. And may they, all their decisions be divinely directed by you. Thank you, Lord. Keep praying, church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keep praying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we also pray for some of these young people who are in some wrong relationships. Father, we pray that anything not planted, any person that has not been divinely planted by you, we pray would be uprooted in the name of Jesus. That you would um, 
cause them to have an understanding that this is the way, walk ye in it, and that they won't go the way that they're already on, that path that they're already on. But they'll turn away from that relationship, and they'll turn unto you and ask you to be the Lord of all their relationships. Thank you, Lord. Keep praying, church. And Lord, we pray that anything that is hidden would be revealed, would be revealed in the event that any one of these children is suffering domestic violence or is suffering some kind of abuse. We pray, Father God, that it would be revealed to the teachers and revealed to those who are set as guards over them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we put a hedge of protection around all of these children. We, we speak Psalms 91 over them. That no evil will befall them, neither shall any plague come nigh or within their borders. Father, you give your angels charge over these children to keep them in all of their ways. And in their life, there's, the pathway is life and there is no death. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you that these are our heritage, that they're arrows. And Father, in the event, and I believe that there is, there's any one of these children, these young people, that have the call of God in their lives, we pray that you'd make it clear. Make it clear. I remember the word you said that there were many Joshua's, many Caleb's, many Moses's, many uh, Sarah's, many, many, many that have been called from their mother's womb. Make it clear. We pray that they would yield to that calling. Holy Spirit, we release you to reveal that to them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Keep praying, church. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now, Father, I pray for the parents and the grandparents and the aunts and the uncles. I pray that the spirit of revelation would rise up within them, that they would operate more and more and more in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. I pray the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. I pray, Father, that they would move in a realm of wisdom concerning their children as they have never moved in before in the name of Jesus. May they move in wisdom and how they speak and how they navigate and how they pray. In Jesus' name. You know, one time I was, not one time, this happens a lot. You got to be open to it. I was doing all these videos called Necessary Truths in Challenging Times. And it was a challenge to do them because it was just me and a camera. So it was challenging. And I remember I was done with one of our tapings and I walked into my foyer in my house. And, you know, we were just, just got done taping. And we were going to go have lunch. How do you know that God could speak to you? You know, you got your mind on lunch. And, and then he speaks to you about something. That's why it's very important as parents to be God inside minded. You know, all, listen, the scripture talks about being watchmen. Do you know what a watchman is? 
and, and what it means to be alert, it's just, it's, just, it's just having an awareness that you're watching and praying. You're, you're looking and you're waiting and you look on the inside for God to speak. And I was going to go have lunch with my team and I looked at one of the pictures on my foyer and I had all the kids there, all of them. And this one child, it just popped in my heart. It's like the picture lit up. Can I say it like that? Have you ever had that happen? The picture just lit up. And I knew. Everyone say, I know. know. Something's going on with her. Is there a watchman in the house? I'm a watchman in my house. Watch out. There's a watchman in the house. How many of you as parents know you're watchmen in your own houses? You're on the walls of your family, and you're called to guard and protect everything that is within your family and your borders. I knew something wasn't right. What did you do with it? I didn't know what it was. So I started praying for her. How would you pray? I prayed a lot in tongues for her. Prayed in the Holy Ghost. Prayed in the Spirit. And then when she came home from college, I sat her down. I said, what's going on? What do you mean, Mommy? What do you mean? I said, something's going on. I go, I had a prayer assignment for you. And then she starts crying. <laughs> Tells me everything. And you see how God works? So her heart was already prepared. She already had a spirit of repentance. And then, then that was it. But God protected her from something. You have that discernment on the inside of you. Follow it. If you feel the love for your child, like, you don't know why. That's a prayer assignment. If you, if you have them on your heart, that's a prayer assignment. If you keep seeing their faces before you, that's a prayer assignment. Don't neglect the gift of God that is in you. That's the Holy Spirit giving you a warning. And sometimes the person you need think in your head that needs the most prayer is really, it's not even that one. It's the other one. So be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. I feel like the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart just a minute ago that there's some of you that came here tonight specifically because either your child or your grandchild or somebody has a physical ailment. And so I feel like the Lord's instructed us to, some of you, you, those of you that come to church on a regular basis, you know how we practice that biblical principle that's in Acts chapter 19. Okay, so I feel like we want to give you something to take home to, to bring like a point of contact of the anointing to that child, whether they're an adult, whether they're uh, elementary school age, or whatever it is. If, if you came here tonight specifically because of the child or grandchild, or whoever that person is, as a physical ailment, a physical sickness, then we're going to pray over these cloths, and you'll be able to take them. Now, for those of you that have no clue what I'm talking about, Acts chapter 19 tells us that God worked unusual miracles through the Apostle Paul, that even when they took handkerchiefs or cloths or aprons from his body, when he was under the anointing, that the residue, the presence of God, would reside in that cloth. It's nothing magical that happens to the cloth. It's just a point of contact. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 19, when those cloths were brought to those who were either oppressed by the enemy or physically ill, they were healed and they were delivered. Now, we've seen tremendous results using this principle in the Word of God. 
Okay, we've seen just somebody recently just told me to report. I forget if the person's here, please. Um, told me they brought this to someone. I don't remember if it was a neighbor or something and who wasn't even a believer. Uh, no, it was a grandparent. It was either parent or grandparent and the person received a total complete healing. Amen. Um, this works whether the person saved or not. Say, well, God, well, God healed an unsaved person. Everybody Jesus healed was an unsaved person. <laughs> so nobody was saved yet. So don't let that be a hindrance to you. So I've got a bunch of them here. We have more if we need them. But if you specifically came tonight to pray for someone who has a physical sickness, I keep getting this something about some uh, child or, and again, it could be adult that just got a report of cancer. Or maybe has been dealing with that for a while, and you've come here tonight specifically for that, um, we're going to pray over these. Amen? And then uh, you, you can come up and get these cloths, and you can take one. Um, however the Lord leads you, whether you want to tell the person what the cloth is about, personally, I like to just slip them under a pillowcase and not even tell them, and just let God do the work. Amen? Amen. So why don't you just, um, put, just put your hand forth as if you're praying towards this. Um, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord God, you're no respecter of persons, Father. What you did in the Apostle Paul's life, Father God, we're, we're believing now you're going to do the same thing now, Father God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You change not. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for a release of the anointing upon these cloths, that as they come in contact with those individuals, Father God, if there's an oppression from the enemy, we break it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's physical sickness or disease, we bind it in Jesus' name. We command it to leave that person's body. Cancer, I command you to dry up and die. Every cell, leave that person's body. Any kind of sick, juvenile diabetes, in the name of Jesus, we curse you. And we command you to go from that child's body. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, we have faith and trust that you're going to use these cloths, Lord. We know there's nothing magical that happens to it. But, Father, it's a point of contact to release the anointing, the presence of the Holy Spirit into the lives of these individuals. We trust you for this, Father God. And we're all in agreement for it. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Praise God.